Jesus Christ is the most controversial figure in history. He's the most loved man in history, and at the same time, perhaps the most hated man in history. His name, Jesus Christ, is really a name and a title. His name, Jesus, is from the Hebrew word that we get Joshua. It means the Lord Yahweh saves. The title Christ means Messiah or chosen one or special one or the one that was anointed. And when you look on his life, you would think just from the outside it might not mean as much as it's come to mean. I mean, roughly 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born in a dumpy rural town. His mom was a poor, uneducated girl who was cast out of the village probably because of a claim that she made about conceiving through the Holy Spirit. He was adopted by a carpenter named Joseph and spent the first 30 years of his life just using a hammer with his dad. Nothing special. Around the age of 30, Jesus began to teach. He began to heal. He began to preach. He befriended social misfits. And his ministry lasted a full three years. And only three years. Because it was cut short by death. He was crucified, but he was crucified like thousands of people before him. And his resume at first glance isn't that impressive. He never traveled more than a few hundred miles from his home. He never held political office, never wrote a book, never married, never had a family, never attended college, never visited a big city. And he died both homeless and poor. But in spite of that, Jesus is the most famous person in all of human history. More books have been written about Him, more songs have been sung about Him, more art has been dedicated to Him than any other person in history. And the way that we even tell what day of the week and what year it is all refers back to Him. As most of you know, the words B.C. stand for, or the letters B.C. stand for, before Christ. And the word, or the letters A.D. stand for Anno Domini, which is in the year of our Lord. So every time that you say, this year it is 2008, that means it is the year 2008 in the year of our Lord. He split history in half. No army, nation, or person has changed human history to the degree that Jesus, a homeless man, has. Some 2,000 years after He left the earth, people still talk about Him on a regular basis. Over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to wade through some of the things that are out there about Jesus and what the Bible says about Him. We're going to wade through some of our conceptions of who He is and what Scripture teaches us about Him. We're going to wade through what some of the false information is out there and get back to the real, authentic, vintage Jesus. The one that was walking the earth 2,000 years ago, the one that that, that gave His life for you and me and asked the questions, who was He? What was He like? What did He teach? And how should we live as a result? Take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 16. That's where we're going to be today. And start with a quote that's on the top of your handout. It'll be up on the screen. And I think this is an interesting quote from H.G. Wells who says, I am an historian. I am not a believer. But I must confess as a historian that this penniless preacher from Nazareth is irrevocably the very center of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure in all of history. Jesus Christ is easily the most dominant figure 
in all of history. Matthew chapter 16. What we're going to do today is we're going to begin with the most important question that anybody can ask. The most important question that anybody can know. And we're going to start with a very important question. And that is, who do people say Jesus is? Chapter 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, Who do people... Whoa. I don't know if you knew there's a microphone there. Apparently my head just found that out. He asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of His prophets. Now, let me just say from the beginning, I don't think Jesus in this passage of Scripture is trying to find out His popularity with the people. He's not trying to figure out where He stands. He's not trying to figure out, is everything going like it ought to go? He's wanting them to think about this. Sometimes you ask questions to lead to another question. Last week, a a new game show, actually it's an old game show they've redone, and put Regis Philbin and the word million dollar in it. It makes it more exciting, apparently. There's a show called Password. Anybody ever seen the show Password, some of you? And one of the things that I watched, I watched the, the first episode of Password, was sometimes you, you gave a clue for them to give an answer to set up another clue. And what happens here is Jesus really sets up the second question with the first, but it's still an important question. Who do people say Jesus is? Now, the disciples give a list of some very good people. Some say John the Baptist, that you're just kind of him in a new way. Others are saying it's Elijah. In the Jewish faith, they believe that before the new age or the age to come was to happen, that Elijah had to come back. To this day, Orthodox Jews still set a place for Elijah at Passover just in case he comes. Still others say Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, or, or one of the other prophets. They say you're a great man, a great teacher. You're, you're somebody unique, they know. Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah. Here's the question for us today. In the world in which we live, what does our world say about Jesus? I want to give you some answers today that I've found in the world around us, and this isn't extensive or or uh, complete, because that would take a long time. But there are some sectors of our culture that give us an idea of who they think Jesus is. And some of this will frame the rest of what we talk about in this series over the next few weeks. But Jesus is kind of portrayed in different ways in different areas. And the first answer to that question, who do people say Jesus is, comes from pop culture. You can find Jesus on television. In cartoons like The Simpsons or South Park, not exactly Christian fare. And even vulgar comics like Carlos Mencia and his show, The Mind of Mencia. An interesting show on television that has gotten in some trouble recently is Dog the Bounty Hunter. I don't know if you watch Dog the Bounty Hunter, but he's got a mullet. That's an okay hairdo. A mullet. Wear earrings. He's rough looking. And his job is to go find criminals that nobody else will find. And every time before he goes out and finds the criminals, he prays that Jesus will help him find the criminals, beat them up, and bring them back. He gets his whole group around. Some of them are smoking while they're doing it. And they all pray that God's going to help them get the bad guys. In the world of fashion, Jesus is on t-shirts. There's the famous Jesus is my homeboy t-shirt that Madonna and Ashton Kutcher and Ben Affleck, Brad Pitt, Pamela Anderson all wear. 
Two of the most popular movies in the last few years have been revolving around Jesus. There's The Passion of the Christ that came out a few years ago. And then, of course, there's The Da Vinci Code that gave a different version of that. There's even been a movie, a Canadian kung fu horror musical comedy called Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. I haven't seen that when I stayed away from it. There are Jesus Wrestling Foundations. Jesus appears on a 750-pound hot air balloon, a monster truck, and innumerable tattoos. People are still singing about Jesus. In recent years, Kanye West, The Killers, Green Day, Carrie Underwood all sing songs about Jesus. U2, the most popular band in the world, still singing about Jesus. And in spite of what he says, John Lennon is not more popular than Jesus now. Every time in the world of sports someone scores a touchdown or wins a game or wins a horse race, they credit Jesus. Jesus is everywhere in pop culture. He's all over the place. I saw this week something I didn't even know, but apparently there's somebody in Los Angeles that has a Sunday morning call-in show called The Jesus Christ Show, and he answers questions the way he thinks Jesus would answer questions if you called in to him. That's pop culture. But it's not just in pop culture we have an understanding of Jesus, it's also in the cults. Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus was merely Michael the Archangel who came down to become a man. Mormonism teaches that Jesus was not a god in the beginning, but that he became a god, that he was a polygamist who is also a half-brother of Satan. Unitarian Universalism teaches that God was not, uh, Jesus was not God, but an essentially an incarnation of Mr. Rogers. That's not what they actually say, but just a really nice guy. Deepak Chopra on Larry King said that he saw Christ as a state of consciousness we can all aspire to. And then Scientology, the it-now thing of the moment, thanks to, as one person has said, Billy Graham's evil doppelganger, Tom Crazy Cruz, and his Scientology beliefs, they believe Jesus is an implant forced upon a thetan about a million years ago. The cults have weird ideas about Jesus. But it's not just the cults, it's the established world religions. You know, you'll hear somebody say something sometime like, you know, all the world religions basically believe the same thing. They they all basically believe the same way. They're all roads to get to heaven. The truth is they don't, especially when it comes to Jesus. Baha'i say Jesus was a manifestation of God, but not God. Buddhism teaches that Jesus was not God, but an enlightened Buddhist. Hinduism has many views of God, but they said he was just a wise man. Islam teaches Jesus was a man that was inferior to Muhammad. Mahatma Gandhi once said that he cannot ascribe divinity to Jesus. He is just as divine as Krishna or Rama or Muhammad or Zoroaster. Then you have the famous and the infamous. Thomas Jefferson. Anybody ever heard of Thomas Jefferson? Most people don't realize about Thomas Jefferson that one of the things he did is he rewrote the New Testament and took out all reference to Jesus as God. Jesus did not mean to impose himself on mankind as the Son of God. Mikhail Gorbachev said that Jesus was the first socialist. Martin Luther King Jr. says he was an extremist for love, truth, and goodness. An American existential psychologist says he is the therapist for all of humanity. And Lakota Native Americans say that Jesus is the buffalo calf of God. Here's the last one that's an interesting one from Scripture. The answers come from the demons as well. You realize that when Jesus was here, there were all kinds of people that were, that, were, that were living in sin, that were living in ways they shouldn't. And 
And demons just seemed to be around more then. And part of that is because the light was so bright in the life of Jesus. And many people even thought Jesus might be demon-possessed, but when He encountered demons, they had a different take on it. In the Gospel of Mark, He, 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 he starts to uh, hear a ruckus. Jesus goes over and one of the demons yells out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us, the Holy One of God? In another passage in Mark, it says that, that, many, that, that many came to see Jesus who were sick and had various diseases, and Jesus would not allow the demons to speak because they know who He was. In a synagogue, there's a man in Luke who has an unclean spirit, and, and, and one of the voices of the demons cries out, What do you have to do with us, Jesus? Have you come to destroy us? You are the Holy One of God. What's interesting is when you look in the New Testament, the highest view of Christ can sometimes be found in the words of the demons. So that's what the world says about Him. And Jesus looks at His disciples and He says, Who do you say that I am? After He asked them, What do everybody else say that I am? Then He looks at them and He sets up that second question and He asks them the most important question that anyone can ever be asked in all of history. I don't know how many questions you're asking a day. I don't know how many times someone will come to you and ask you a question. I don't know how many problems you deal with. But the most important question that can ever be asked is the question he asked second. Not just what do people say that I am, but who do you say that he is? He looks at him and he says, but what about you? Okay, I understand all of that stuff, but what about you. And here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus is out there so much and talked about so much, it is easy in our minds to give all the answers of who everybody else thinks He is. But it is difficult sometimes to make it personal with us. Jesus asked the disciples, okay, they hear Elijah, they hear Jeremiah, you walk with me every day. Who do you say that I am? And I just want to be real honest with you, whether you're man, woman, boy, girl in this place today, that until you deal with the question, who do you say that I am, from the mouth of Jesus Christ, you have not dealt with the only question that really matters in your life. You can deal on the outsides with what everybody else says. You can deal with what everybody else thinks. But until you deal with it personally, you have yet to deal with the most important question. Now, when you say things like the most important or the greatest or the best, then you have to make sure that what you're saying is not overstatement. It's not hyperbole. It's not exaggeration. And I can tell you without a doubt that the statement that the question, who do you say that Jesus Christ is, is the most important question you will ever answer. is not exaggeration. It's not hyperbole. It's not overstatement. It is the most important question. And Peter passes the test. You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, the Son of the living God. You'll see in that passage the name that, that, that people talk about, Jesus Christ, the Messiah and the Son of God. And there's no doubt in that passage what they mean is, and what Peter says is, you are God Himself. Now, sometimes you'll run into people that'll say things like, well, Jesus never claimed to be God. 
And that is, as I've said before, in the Greek, a bunch of baloney. Because he did. Over and over and over again. There was one particular passage of Scripture when he's at a festival and they're all talking about Abraham and they get to talking about Abraham and Jesus says something about a conversation or understanding of Abraham and somebody says to him, Son, you're not even 40 years old yet. How do you know Abraham? And Jesus just looks at him and says, Before Abraham was, I am. Now, you all remember it back in Exodus, don't you? Burning bush is there. Moses is there. God's calling Moses. Moses is not sure. And he says, all right, God, if you're going to send me back to my people, how are they going to know who sent me? How are they going to know, God, that you sent me? What do I need to tell them your name is? And he says, you tell them my name is I Am. Jesus made it very clear that he didn't give us anything else but for us to decide whether we believe him or not. I just want to tell you right now, there are a lot of decisions you'll make in your life that are important. There are decisions about family, about school, about job, about uh, where you'll live, about how you live, about how you spend your money. There are a lot of decisions in life that are important, but none of them have eternal significance like this one. And you really, in the words of C.S. Lewis, a great writer on this subject, have three choices. There are three things, three answers that you can give when you are confronted with the question, who do you say that Jesus is? Because you see, the, most imp- so the, the people that are not believers, the most frequent answer they give oftentimes is, well, I think he was a great teacher. Or he was a great man. Uh, jokingly, I mentioned Mr. Rogers earlier, but you get this picture that a lot of people think of him just this kindly old man that, 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 that just kind of was misunderstood and he was a great teacher. But Jesus doesn't give us that option. With the words that He said and the things that He does, He doesn't give us that option. I mean, you just have to think about it. If somebody walked into this room today and told us they were God in the flesh, we would have some questions about that. Right? This means yes. You with me? Yeah. Hope you would. And because of that, we have to understand that when Jesus claimed that He was the Son of God, when Peter says that you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and Jesus says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. When He says, You are exactly right. That's who I am. I am God's chosen one, but I'm not just God's chosen one. I am His Son, actually part of the Godhead. I am Yahweh. It leaves you with three choices. C.S. Lewis made this famous years ago when he said that when you look at what Christ has done, there are three choices that every person has given. And the first is you can call Him a liar. You say it's not true. He was lying. He, He just wasn't telling the truth. Well, Jesus was walking the earth and Peter said this. Jesus was just saying... You're right, that's who I am. But he was just lying about it. Now here's where where Lewis and others would say that that brings up a problem with the whole great teacher thing. How many of you in the room consider lying to be a great character trait? (laughs) Alan, maybe. Alan's just amening, he's going for it. Lying is not considered great. Right? Amen? Amen? You don't want your children to lie. 
You don't want people to tell you falsehoods. And so they say, well, how could he be a great teacher if he was a liar? Now, here's the second thing. Well, maybe he's not a liar. Maybe he's a lunatic. Maybe he's just crazy. I mean, there are some guys that actually consider themselves to be God. I remember growing up in West Tennessee and in, a, and in Memphis, there was this guy that called himself the mayor of some part of Memphis that believed he was an alien from another planet. He drove in a car with a shield on the top because he was afraid that his people were going to come for him and he liked staying here. And he made the news occasionally and went around and um, I think he called himself Prince because he was royalty where he came from. Now here's the thing. He may have actually believed that's who he was, but he's not. And so that means he's nuts, crazy. Not all there, right? I mean, it just is there. There are times even in all of our lives that we may be deluded, that we may say, you know, this is who I think I am or what's going on. And, and when we may just be have a touch of it. We may not be full scale, but, but we're just crazy. And if someone were to come in today and say that I am God, I am the Son of the living God, I am the Chosen One, most of us would think, first of all, you may have a few things missing there. I saw this week... Uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but I think it was a 2020 report. I just saw the, the preview on Good Morning America. You know, those shows now are just previews for the shows that are coming on later that night. And it was about a guy, and I can't remember where he lived, um, that had a group of followers around him, and he had convinced them that he was the next Christ. And he also convinced them, by the way, I don't know whether you knew this or not, that nuclear war was starting Thursday of this week, coming up week. I don't know what your plans are for Thursday, but apparently nuclear war is on the horizon. And 2020 went and interviewed this guy, and you could just tell in the questions of the guy who was asking, he thought the guy was crazy. Well, Jesus walked the earth, and over and over again, he tells people he forgives their sins. He tells people that he is the Son of Man. He tells people he is the Son of God. He listens as they call him the Son of God and doesn't object. And over and over again... He claims to be God. And as a result, if he's not God and he's not lying, then he's got to be a lunatic. Here's the third option. If he's not lying, if he's not lunatic, the only other option you have is to call him Lord. That's what Peter did right here. He looked at him and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are my Lord. You are God in the flesh. You are the one that we can put our hope in. In another place, when, when Jesus asked if they all want to leave, Peter says, how can we leave? Because we have trusted and believed in you. And you are the one that gives us hope. And you are the one that holds the words of eternal life. Where else can we go? Peter's words here are basically, listen, we have searched, we have looked, we have asked the questions. But when it comes to you, what we understand now is you are the one we have been looking for all of our lives. You are God. And because of that, we know that you hold our futures in your hand. Here's the actual quote from C.S. Lewis. It's a little lengthy. It's on your handout. It'll be up on the screen. I just love the way he says it. A man who said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. 
Either this man was and is the Son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that door open to us. And he did not intend to. Here's the question this morning. Who do you say that Jesus is? And the implication for that, the implication for our lives is that it means absolutely everything. Look what Jesus tells him after he says, great job, you've done a great job, you found out. It says in verse 18, I tell you that you are Peter. His name before had been Little Rock or Little Pebble. And Peter now becomes the big rock, Petros, the big rock, the strong one. And he says that on this rock, now there's lots of confusion in the history of the church about that passage, but I just believe that it is the fact that he is saying, on your confession, on who I am, on what I have come to do, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone there was a Christ. He was waiting for the perfect time. But what Jesus says is everything in the history and in the future of this world depends on the fact that you understand that I am Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm going to build my church. Now, most people think, well, that means he's going to go out here and put a little building up and people are going to come to it. Is that what he means? No. This is the church big C. All Christians worldwide. And this is what he says. Based on the fact that I am God, in the flesh, the chosen one, then what we are setting in motion is the greatest conquering agent in the history of the world. Now what he asked them basically is, are you willing to get on board? As we begin to think about vintage Jesus and who Jesus is, and we're going to talk about a lot more things over the weeks ahead and what Jesus claimed and who he was, the question that I really want to ask you today is real simple. You can deal with the what other people say about Jesus all you want to, and that comes down to personal relationships. I'm not asking you today what your mom thinks about Jesus or what your dad thinks about Jesus, what your brother or your sister or your children think about Jesus. I'm not asking you today what you think I think about Jesus. I'm not asking you today what you, your neighbor thinks about Jesus. I'm not asking you to even think the person sitting next to you thinks about Jesus. Today I'm asking what do you think about Jesus? Who do you say that He is? 